Hey, this is Andy Jenkins and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to land on one of those seven F's that we talk about pretty regularly in here. So seven F's, seven key areas of life. This is all based around that Hula framework where you have, uh, let me just tell you what they are. try to do here whenever I'm bringing other guests on is occasionally bring someone who has an expertise or a leaning or something I admire in one of those seven areas. All right, so today I'm bringing you my friend Mark Reed. Mark is a guy that I know from high school, so you think about that trajectory. Over the last 25 years, Mark has, well, we're going to talk about the story a little bit. He now lives Japan. Since I've known Mark, he's always had this unique way of bringing people together. Never meets a stranger, has great deep relationships, and has this unique way of somehow getting along in powerful, connected ways with people who totally disagree with him and walking out healthy relationships with him. Now, I I think, and you'll hear it at the end of this, that one of the reasons he's able to do that is because people are wired for connection and everybody is simultaneously hoping and wanting to be connected with each other. But so often we fear that others are going to push us away. When others realize that we're going to connect with them, that we're going to honor them, that we're going to respect them, that we're going to pull them close, even if they disagree, somehow, the guard goes down, the height of relationship goes up, and we're all the better for it, okay? So here's my conversation with Mark Reed. As you're listening, I would love for you to go down to the show notes, follow Mark's podcast, take a look at the 21-day email challenge on my website where you can get uh, one of those seven key areas emailed to you every single day and grow in the seven key areas of life. Or take a look at the new app that we've got, the new ULA project, the Design My Life Blueprint, where you can grow in all of these seven areas of life while you live with less stress and begin to walk in your purpose. All right, here's my conversation with Mark Reed. I'll be back at the end of the show with a little bit more for you. And Mark, right now it is 8.15 here, Central Standard Time in Birmingham, Alabama, and you just told me it is right now... Uh, 10, 15 a.m., okay. Monday, the next day. So you're ahead. Uh, like yes. I would think somehow with, uh, you know, Western... Uh, I don't know if it would be like we think we're the center of the universe over here in the United States of America. (laughs) Like somehow you just think, hey, everybody else would be kind of oriented behind us. But you guys are actually ahead over there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in terms of the 24 hour clock, England is like the center of the universe, right? We're all plus or minus Greenwich Mean Witch time or whatever. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) 
I mean, maybe a subject to figure out for another time. Hey, okay, so really quickly, um, let me tell everybody why you're on here. I kind of have set that up in the intro, but there's really seven key areas that we talk about a lot on this podcast other than kind of, I mean, it's kind of faith driven here. So for lack of a better term, sometimes I actually just get on here and people say, we just kind of preach on there. That's probably true, but there are seven areas that we talk about. So fitness, finance, family, your field, which is your career, whatever it is you do full time, faith, friends is the one that I want to talk about today. Fun is the seventh, but that friend thing. And I'd reached out to you because for as long as I've known you, you've always been one of these guys that can absolutely get along with anyone. And it doesn't matter if they disagree politically. It doesn't matter if they are religiously on a different wavelength than you. It doesn't matter if their lifestyle choice is completely different. And so, you know, when I'd reached out to you, I thought, well, golly, I want Mark to talk about friends. When we think about friends, a lot of times we're thinking about just that inner circle. And I think you absolutely have to have that inner circle of people that can correct you and sharpen you. Um, So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But I mean, like just let's just knowing that the end goal is to get there talking about the whole friend thing I want to go there the long way and talk about how you got in Japan what you've learned from there because I met you when we were at the same church it was a southern baptist church uh, in the middle of man we grew up in a great city we had a great high school we did incredible people um but it but it was all white working class so i mean there yeah. wasn't a lot of variety and difference there mm-hmm. but then you took a bank shot and just <laughs> headed to the other side of the universe here yeah so, um talk about that whole journey well the uh you know long story short the short version i uh i had never left i had hardly left our little hometown area there <clears throat> excuse me and um you know I, I never left anywhere uh outside of alabama growing up yeah. so for the first 21 years of my life i did not set foot out of alabama or maybe i briefly set foot in one of the four states that's around alabama so and that was it to the beach and stuff but not that's it i mean you're not even, yeah i'd I, gone to not a world traveler not even like i mean not at all nothing. in fact you okay. know when you know me going to six flags over in Atlanta is like me <clears throat> taking a world trip. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, yeah. So, but I had the curiosity, the curiosity was always there. You know, I, I probably geography was my favorite subject in school. I always liked looking at maps more than I liked figuring out math problems. And by the time I got to college, I went to the university of Alabama. I, um, I you know, had to pick a foreign language, so I didn't just want to pick Spanish or German. That's what we all picked in high school, so I went Japanese. Why not? That was the only option and, in high school. <laughs> was, well, that's what I mean. You like, know, so when I get to college, high. right. So you go I for Japanese. To, yeah, well, I had a little background in some martial arts and stuff, so I could count to 10, but that was about it. And uh, Oh, because you took uh, I wanted to do something different. Yes. I didn't yeah. even think so about that. I was that. big. Oh, and, so, okay, so anyway but you take Japanese. Yeah. Well, that was the basis of it. I had studied Aikido and Judo. So i had had a background in that stuff. So, you know, I could count Ichinisan, you know, I could count in Japanese and 
that's all I could do though. There was really not a good reason, but to, to take a whole language, but I did. And through that, I fell in love with the culture and I made Japanese my minor. And by doing so, I found out about opportunities to teach English. So it was my first job back in 1997 out of college with teaching English. So you so over moved the, to yeah, Japan the to teach English? Yep. And you just never and came I, back? Well, no, 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 I did. That's where I was oh. going next. Is it? I, I, I uh, went back and forth a lot. I only spent one year there. And then I went back to, uh, came back to the United States, went to grad school at Florida State University, where I studied religion and philosophy and got a master's there. And then, then I went a bunch of different places and I went back to Japan in 04 and 05. And that's where I met my current wife. Uh, but I left again, went to law school, became an attorney, and then uh, did that for about 10 years. And then, you know, I told you this is the short version of the story. And then two yeah, years ago, I, came. I mean, the short version is like getting all these extra little <laughs> chapters. So, right. I came back about two years ago and married my, my wife. Okay. So, that whole time that you're bouncing around, you, like you, you've only, you only been married just a couple of years is what you're saying. Correct. So that whole time you guys are together or no, like uh, when you're law school and all this and you know. It... Yeah. Now we, we dated in, uh, in 2005 and okay. I left, I left Japan and we stayed in touch. And um, for the most part that, that amounted to uh, me saying happy birthday to her every April. And then in 2018, yeah, um, we just, that uh, we just started the conversation back up and that led to me saying, well, Hey, why don't you come visit me in America? I was still in America in, in 2018. And so she did. And she met my family and we had a wonderful time. And at the beginning of 2019, she said, well, why don't you come to Japan? I'm like, well, well, why not? So uh, fast forward. Visit or come to stay. Well, I think her invitation was more of a, you know, why don't you come stay and we'll see how it goes. So like when I came over in 2019, I'm on a 90-day tourist visa. So we got like three months to figure it out, whether I'm staying or going. No pressure, yeah. Right. But we didn't get married within that three months. I just got a <clears> – excuse me. A, um, we, uh, um, we didn't get married within that three months. Uh, things were working out fine, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that we didn't rush – the decision. So, um, I did get a, a job teaching English at a university. And so I, then I could change my visa to a, a work, a longer term work visa. And, um, you know, and eventually when the time was right, then I proposed and we got married. So now All I'm right. on that spouse visa. Okay. So now, so does that mean you're a, you're a citizen or no, or you're on a visa? Uh, well, I'm on uh, I actually go tomorrow to pick up my renewed one. <clears throat> I still have to renew it. Uh, I'm on a spouse visa now, which is a, is a nice one. It means I can, I could do any job. I could work at McDonald's if they would hire me. You know, I don't, I don't have to have a specialized job now. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, no, I'm a citizen and will always be a citizen of the United States. I'm a sure. resident of Japan, a resident of Japan, but, um, and you know, I could, if I wanted down the road, apply for citizenship. The next step would be applying for permanent residency. Uh, kind of uh, the equivalent of like a green card in the United States. So if, um, so if if I applied for a PR permanent residency and I got it, even if my wife and I divorced, uh, I would still be allowed to stay in Japan for the rest of my life. Gotcha. 
Okay. All right. So tell me about uh, one of the latest projects there in Japan is the Zim Sandwich podcast. Yes. Uh, what <laughs> what cranked that up and what's the whole point of it? Well, uh, wow. It <clears throat> You know, the origins go back to the 2020 election. And I, like many people, just are so frustrated with the political polarization of the United States. And now I've got my own political opinions and uh, and, um, you know, I'm a political minded person. I my my major in college was political science. But what what bothers me is intolerance on either side of the political spectrum when whether you're right wing or left wing, and I'm not here to advocate either side. I, I don't want to convince anybody. I just want people to have a uh, take a rational uh, look at what the arguments are instead of just name calling and finger pointing. Right. That doesn't get you anywhere. And um, so I wanted to, it first started as a website before a podcast where I wanted to put articles that didn't take a hard right or left stance and i'm not advocating being a centrist on purpose either there may be some issues where you do take a a, a stance that leans further right than usual or further left than whatever usual is or centrist is i'm just saying i, I wanted to put things on there that had a uh, logical thought to it and made people on the other side think because otherwise if you're just going to fox because you're a conservative or MSNBC because you're a liberal, you're just sitting in an echo chamber and you're just, you know, uh, reconfirming that you believe what you already believe. I would rather be challenged by right. other thought. Well, that's so that the was the kind premise. of lost is the civility of people to actually be able to disagree and then say and, and argue passionately about it, but still cordially disagree and move forward. I agree. Like it's gone. Because at the <clears throat> because at the end of the day, you know, Andrew, we all really want the same thing. We want right. low crime rate or no crime, right? We, we, none of us want homelessness. We might uh, disagree with what we do with the homeless yeah, problem, but we want, a, you know, a nice place to live for everybody, right? Right. Well, and yeah, I, I, yeah. Everybody wants to raise their family, enjoy their life. Uh, nobody that I know wants the government overly involved in their life from either side. They all Correct. want to kind of do their own thing. You know, it's, but you, you kind of, everybody wants to be healthy. Nobody wants to get sick with COVID. You know, right. like nobody wants people to die. Um, it's just right. everybody disagrees and you kind of lose. I think if you could get rid of the politicians and get just people like normal guys in the room, <laughs> like you'd probably, or women in the room, you'd probably come up with a completely different solution that everybody's like, oh, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Or if you could just yep. cut off all the news. So the podcast starts as a, website to share ideas basically yeah i was i was asked uh like it's more than a year ago i was asked to write an article for a blog and or to write two articles and i did and, and they were published and uh, I, I enjoyed it so much i thought well i'm gonna start my own blog and then you know i enjoyed that and then at first i thought well i will <laughs> i'll start a podcast as a supplement to the blog and what has happened is the podcast has taken over like more, the vast majority of my attention is on the podcast now right. and the blog is sort of, you know, secondary to the podcast. Okay. So where does the name for the blog or the podcast now come from? And I'm, I'm going to it. I'm going to put a link down in the show notes. Like, what does that even mean? 
<laughs> well, it's it's uh it's purposely uh, enigmatic there. Um, well, the Zen part, I do. Uh, I I have an interest in Zen. Uh, I I would call it philosophy. I would not call it a religion. Um, but I would say it's secular Zen. Uh, just in essence, the uh, in in not being in the moment, being in the now and appreciating this moment, this very moment that we have right now, even, and, you know, being gr grateful that we're alive because that's not always going to be the case. Right. And, uh, you know, that's Zen to me. And so I do a lot of, uh, I do some discussion of mindfulness and being present, but I'm also very practical, very realistic. You know, I, I don't advocate I, I joke on the podcast, like my podcast is not for an aspiring Buddhist monk to go uh, meditate for five hours at the top of a mountain. That's no, it's not, very not. Practical. I've heard your podcast. It is the opposite of that. It's Exactly. In many ways, it's, it's not a bunch that. of people talking and having fun and enjoying the moment. Well, that and that's it there. That's the sandwich. And uh, that's, that's the sandwich. Uh, you know, that's the sandwich right there, because, you know, like uh, I, I said it this way once that, uh, you know, like a sandwich, it's uh, it's nutritional, you know, so it's nutrition for your brain. But uh, but you know, sandwich is just a little more fun. So in everything I do, I try to incorporate having fun because uh, if you can't have fun in life, uh, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a long ride if not. It's right, be, right. There's a lot of hard knocks coming if you can't have fun through that. Yeah, it's gonna be a big deal. Okay, so uh, on the Zim sandwich, I've 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 heard uh, you know. Rob and Andy have been on there multiple times. I mean, I've seen some of your other stuff on there, but right. uh, Rob and Andy, like I know, I know them both because again, grew up knowing those guys. And what yeah. I've caught wind up is over the last maybe year. I mean, we we're in COVID, we're on quarantine and all this. Evidently you guys knew each other well, because did you ever ride in the Kreitline cruiser? are you kidding me i was a fixture in that okay, well, i thought so yeah. but like you know rob got married and i saw like a post you know his wife said something about his maturity level or something which is true like he can he can put it on when he needs to but i, I thought i wonder like i just wonder if he's told her about the cruiser and all of that <laughs> which I, I mean for people that don't know the, the cruiser was wasn't like an old oldsmobile that yeah. basically could crash into buggies, crash through leaves, whatever. It was just um, the tank. Yeah, back was, back, yeah. <laughs> back before a, you had, a civilian a civilian grade tank. Well, yeah, back before you had like MTV doing stuff like Jackass and all the other shows. Like you guys were kind of just doing your own version of this stuff, but nobody had, thank goodness, when we were growing up, cell phones to record stuff with. Right. Like <laughs> that's good. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Yeah, that we would have we would have been canceled by culture a long time ago. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I saw. Um, we'll come back to that different subject about being canceled. <laughs> yeah, because um, there's a little known story about about you getting kicked out of basketball games that I thought about yeah. when I was just kind of prepping. Okay, what are the things I want to talk to Mark about? Um, That's not one of them. You don't want to talk <laughs> you about. You would have been. <laughs> so, all right. The cruiser. So evidently, you reconnect with these guys through COVID. Uh, it was uh, pre-COVID. What had happened, you know, this connects a little bit to your original question of, you know, how did I wind up in Japan? So I, I kind of um, I went off the radar after college. Uh, I mean, physically and just uh, I, I, I was I wasn't anti-social media. I just wasn't interested in it. And um, 
Well, I take that back. I had had a, a, a Facebook page for a little while. This is more than a decade ago. And I had like a kind of a, a relationship that didn't work out. And then I noticed that Facebook was was bringing me more pain than pleasure because I was constantly checking so-and-so's status and what's going on in so-and-so's life. And I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So I just got rid of it. And I didn't have any social media for you know, I don't know how many years, years and years, and I didn't stay in touch with anyone. And then when I got back on Facebook in 2018, I purposely stayed under the radar. I didn't seek anybody out and I didn't think anybody could find me. I didn't even have a profile pic. My profile pic was the dude from the big Lebowski. <laughs> so, uh, and then somehow lo and behold, um, Rob Crotline found me and I don't know how he, what rock he looked under and discovered me, but when he sent a friend request, you know, this is my old pal. I can't, I'm not going to deny his friend request, but the moment I did accepted his friend request and reconnected, then boom, boom, boom. Like I got, I guess I showed up on so many people's suggested friends. I mean, yeah. that's probably how you and I got back together and like, yeah, you know, I just showed up on so many pages. So, I mean, within a month I went from like having 10 Facebook friends, which eight of those were like Japanese locals. Right to like having over a hundred just old from high school and church, you know, but friends. yours were like real friends. Like yours weren't like, like I've got 5,000 people on Facebook that right. I'm connected to, but the FBI couldn't find half of them. And I wouldn't recognize right. 90% of them. If you like, like these are real people that you were really connected with. I, what I'm grateful, like that we can meet people online that are strangers. Like that's not the point of it. Mm. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that I work with now that I've met that were strangers, but like yours were, actual i mean yes. you're maybe put it like this I, you're, I, initially, people, you could, you've probably been in their kitchen yeah initially that was that was the parameters that i was setting for like all right i'll do this facebook thing again but this is only going to be actual genuine genuine friends not just i met you once hey give me your facebook profile and invite you know it's i can't say that, that that's the case as much anymore i mean i do have like maybe 150 and i couldn't call up all 150 of those people and say hey what how are you doing without it being awkward for at least 120 of those people <laughs> so yeah. you know it's changed a little bit but but for the most part i yeah i would you know i i, I have a couple of times purged it where i've gone through and i'm like i don't even know who this person is so i'm just gonna you know, unfriend them. I'm not, not to be mean spirited. I just don't know you, you know? So I've just, you know, I might've met them once one time and I just take it out. All right. So talk to me about the, the importance like that you've seen of relationships. I mean, cause you've bounced a lot, <laughs> but you're not a loner. You meet guys really easily. You know, I mean, I don't want to be graded by everything I did in high school. <laughs> uh, but that's when I met you. And I mean, if I was grading you based on how you interacted with people, then I would be like, Oh, he's an easy guy to get along with. Like, like, yeah. So, I mean, so, that would be like a good grade to get, but you, then you go and do kind of this tour by yourself. Talk to me about the tension of that. The tension. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Like, I mean, connecting with people and, you know, the importance of people. Um, yeah, um, that, that's a tough question to, to well, it's certainly important to me. And um, because I, you know, people will often joke like, oh, I just, 
I don't like anybody. I, I just want to be, I, I do like people and I do try to uh, see the good in people. And uh, I, I try to be forgiving of people's faults because I need their forgiveness too, because uh, I got lots of faults. So, you know, I think we need each other. Um, that doesn't mean I don't like my alone time too. I like to be alone plenty, but, um, you know, when I meet people, let's say you meet somebody and you don't particularly like them for whatever reason. Um, you know, just for, and it could be something petty. They're just something that, uh, they just have an annoying habit. Um, I recognize that when it happens, when I meet someone like that and I, I don't know, I flip a switch in my brain and like learn to appreciate or love that person because of that idiosyncrasy, you know, uh, and ignore that my own sort of uh, annoyance of it. And I mean, to get back at the essence of your question, you know, I, I've needed that um, mentality because I've bounced around so much because I've moved many places where I didn't know anyone. I moved to Vermont for a little while. And I did not know a soul. I mean, I didn't know anybody. And I mean, I even thought about, you know, I could just go by my middle name. Like I've never gone by my middle name before. And, you know, I had, uh, you know, I got, I got up there and I'm like, I can change my name. I can change my personality. And I've done that sort of thing, not changed my personality, but I have bounced around and gone to new locations so many times that, you know, I guess it's uh, a survival skill of mine to meet people I don't know and find a connection because we can connect with someone on some level uh, pretty much, you know, I mean, unless you're, you're an extreme person, we, we, we connect uh, on a level of being human with just about anyone we meet. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like humans are designed for connection and designed for relationship. You know, I, I mean, I, I come at that from probably a faith perspective um, where you know, I think humans created in the image of God. And so God being relational, if you look in Genesis one, you know, he says like, let us plural make man in our image. They do. Um, mm -hmm. God does. And then, you know, there's this interesting story where it happens when Adam is there and all the animals are brought before Adam to see what he will name them. This is before Eve is created. Um, if you read the diary of Adam and Eve by Mark Twain, Mark Twain says in the diary of Adam and Eve that, God did that because if Eve was there, it would have taken so long to name the animals because Eve would have been correcting him the whole time. So like, I mean, he straight up writes that. Uh, I don't think that's true, but you notice like the first instance of the phrase, not good in scripture, creation is good. The light is good. You know, the plants are good. The animals are good. Like everything is good, 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 good. All the way until everybody's brought or all the animals are brought by Adam. And then all of a sudden it says for Adam, no helper was found. Okay. And I know everybody splits hairs over that word helper. It's the same word used of the Holy spirit. It's the same word used of God as our helper. It's not a denigrating term. It's just a term of like this suitable companion. It says not good that Adam's alone. And I always thought like, why in the world, like, how did God miss that? That like all of a sudden we're going to have a not good. And like one day it dawned on me, I was like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it was a surprise to God. I think it was just Adam was a guy and like any other guy, he needed to see him see it himself. And so all of a sudden Adam mm -hmm. needs to see it's not good 
that I'm by myself. I was created in God's image. I was created for relationship. I need the connection. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah and, of course. Absolutely. And, and so often we like skew that thinking, I need the connection with people who are just like me, people who totally align with me politically, people who, you know, don't annoy me, people who <laughs> speak back to me exactly what I want to hear. And I don't think that was it at all. I mean, I think it was no, no. like, it was, I, it's, <laughs> I mean, go ahead. I, I tell my, well, I, I tell my wife, uh, you know, uh, she, my wife's Japanese and, uh, but she speaks English, uh, very well. Her, her English is much better than my Japanese. I, I get along in Japanese, but, uh, we primarily use English in the house. But, uh, when we got married, you know, I described to her, well, the word marry literally means you take two things or two people and they become one. And, uh, so I jokingly said, so I'm half Japanese now and, uh, <laughs> you're half, you're half American, half American. And yeah. And I, uh, I joke, uh, or you're half white guy or whatever. And uh, I joke about it, um, but the, our differences are a blessing, you know, like I see the world in a different way and it's, it's made my world bigger. It's made, right. made my world brighter, right? Because it's not just this white guy, Southern guy from Alabama, you know, now I'm half, I mean, I'm not literally half Japanese, but, you know, I have to think of the world as how, well, how is she seeing it through her eyes? And it's like opened a whole new world to me. Right. And so making connections with people, making connections with friends and, uh, you know, with your spouse or, or whatever, um, it, it does that. It, it makes your world a little bigger, a little brighter, if you allow it to. Yeah, well, yeah, it'll, it'll take you into areas that you would not have explored. I'm going to think about some relationship that I, I, I can actually surf. Most people don't know that. It's because I have a friend. That's awesome. But I've told the story before that actually made me go surf with him. He was a legit pro. And like the first time I ever went, I got up on the wave because <laughs> Scott turned the board and basically he showed me how to jump up on, on sand on dry land. And then, you know, as soon as he turned the board, it was a wave I would not have taken. He shoved it into the wave and, you know, basically yelled, jump up now. And like I jumped up, you know, in San yeah. Diego and I made it, you know, literally all the way in. And I felt like I was stellar. And then I looked and watched him come in and he looked like, man, he wasn't even on waves. Like he could just move it around. Oh, like, he looked yeah. like Jesus walking on water, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I'm sitting here but, like it's friendships like that will take you into places that you would not have. Right. And show you things that you would not have. I mean, honestly, if you didn't have the relationship with your wife, you probably wouldn't be in Japan right now. Cause it was her. I wouldn't idea. Be in it was her idea that you mm -hmm. go back. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, having uh, that job teaching English right out of college it did set the stage for my life, like having that sort of uh, amazing opportunity right out of school. I led the next 20 years of my life in adventure mode. I mean, I, I at one point in time, I lived in Greece and, um, and I lived in England at one point. And, you know, so but there was a part of me that always wanted to get back to Japan. But no, I probably wouldn't be back here right now if it weren't for her. That's for sure. All right, so take me back to, I've kind of hopped all over the place. Um, me too. Take me back to, you know, connecting up with Rob and that kind of stuff. So Rob friends you on Facebook, that starts growing. Um, mm. man, you know, relationship like that, just pick up from where you left off. Yeah, well, me, Andy, and Rob, uh, we were for a while, <clears throat> for a, a certain amount of time, 
during the high school years, uh, you know, we were a trio. And uh, so we were, so yeah, it, it was kind of like just, it was almost like, you know, we just went to sleep for 25 years and woke up and it was the next day. I mean, we, we were right back at it. So, yeah. uh, and I, yeah, I can't remember how it started in, in when I first got him on the podcast. I might have even invited and just said, well, I, I do remember how it started. This was months ago. I had, and I won't go political here for this conversation, but I did, I did post something that had a political angle to it. And I, I believe you might have even commented or, or at least a, a liked something Rob or somebody said. But it was, uh, it was after the January 6th uh, Capitol riot. And, um, and it was a, a poll over that, there. I mean, that's kind of, I, that I may have, wondering, like, what do they call it? They call it a riot <laughs> over there. Well, they, they don't call it. It's, you know, if I'm calling it that, I got it probably, you know, from something I read from over here, BBC. Like, depending on what you call it, it like identifies like exactly what side of the political aisle you're on. Yeah. I mean, Which I, I would call it an insurrection. Either. I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, we, we, say you know, we can go. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, you voted for Joe if you call it an insurrection. <laughs> it's, like, well, it's like if you see somebody it, drive around it still with a mask on in the car, you're like, oh, you voted for Biden. I mean, anyway, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not important, but anyway. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I and yeah. I don't um, have a problem discussing any of those things. Um, and I, I won't go too far just because that's not the theme of this particular podcast. But yeah. I mean, you are talking about people like storming the Capitol building. But anyway. <laughs> While the police move barricades out and take pictures, right? Fair so, enough. It's bizarre. Fair it's enough. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it know, is bizarre. I think, I think bizarre is the right answer that that fits for both of our descriptions. I think that's it's bizarre either way. It is bizarre, whatever you make of it. Yeah, it's whatever you make of it. It, it, it was a bizarre, <laughs> bizarre occurrence, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, that well, just like it to get to the point, just like it's sort of sparking a. a a conversation here yeah i had posted something on facebook and it sparked a kind of debate or conversation in the comment section debate that went on and on it would spark a debate it wouldn't spark a conversation <laughs> yeah and uh so you know rob had some things to say and andy had, had some things to say and then you know i thought well why don't you guys come on the podcast and we'll just talk about it and so they did and that was a very successful episode if you measure success by the amount of downloads it got yeah. and uh so and it and it rekindled our um you know our dormant friendship and uh you know we've been we're we basically plan on doing that like once a month i mean that's the that's the plan now we just finished one that's the rhythm yeah i see them on there all the time is do you guys all agree politically no and that's what's that's all I, that's I what's you didn't no and, that's what's great if you yeah if you draw a line if you if you want to draw the left right spectrum line you know uh and you put a dot in the center rob uh would be and i hate to characterize them but i, I don't think they would disagree with where no, i'm gonna put would. them yeah rob rob is gonna be on that right side of that line and then andy is gonna be on the left side of that line and i'm in between those two i i lean left i admittedly yeah. you know I, I don't i don't try to disguise what i think you know i but i i I think what I think because I have thought it through. Let's put it that way. I don't I don't just blindly adhere to what a partisan platform tells me to think. I would be just as quick to criticize Obama as I would be Trump. 
Well, that, I mean, that's a good thing about those guys because I, I would agree with you. Rob is on the right, but I mean, he can argue. I mean, if the left's right, if the left is correct on something, he'll argue. I mean, I've heard him argue. He's argued with me about it before, like when he <laughs> thought, like, "Hey, the left's got this one correct," you know, and like, well, you know, and then I, I've seen Andy kind of do the stuff too, to where it's just, I mean, it's well-informed opinions. And if you disagree, it's right. like, okay, cool. Well, let's just go drink beer and we can still disagree and move <laughs> forward, you know? Right. Um, all right. Take me to another, you, you were in philosophy and all of that. Um, yeah. pick, put me there because growing up, you know, in a Southern Baptist church where, you know, and then all of a sudden you go to Japan and then you come back and you're in the philosophy department at FSU. I can't imagine that, that was just a straight line of belief. Like there had to be well, some cash up there. Uh, that's a good question. That's uh, it's not exactly what it seems. I had actually applied for the uh, the graduate program at FSU before I left for Japan. I had done it a year before. What had happened is um, uh, when I was at Alabama, I had majored in political science. I had minored in Japanese. I had done all of my electives. And uh, or I'd done all my requirements, excuse me, I'd done all my requirements, you know, the math and sciences and whatnot. But I still needed, <clears throat> you know, the uh, appropriate amount of electives to get me to 128 hours or whatever it is for graduation. Yeah. And I, I figured out, like, I could actually just do all one subject and be a double major. And uh, so I thought poli sci was my main you know, my main thing. So let me just pick what I really am interested in. And because, you know, I grew up in the church uh, with you guys and, you know, I was, I was interested in the academic study of religion. So my last semester, I mean, I had taken a couple of religion classes along the way. And then I like took a bunch of hours in my last semester and just basically did a, a major in one, one semester. And I got a, a, a double major, a, religion, a bachelor's in religion as well. And so as a backup, to Japan, I didn't know whether Japan was going to work out or not. I went ahead and put in my application for Florida State to get a master's in religion. And uh, so I go do a year in Japan, come back to Florida State. And um, yeah, I, well, I'm trying to draw the line how I go from like, you know, Baptist, Southern Baptist to uh, studying, I, I guess, through the academic study of religion. Well, I guess in essence, it's what we're all after, right? What, what, uh, what is the nature of God or what does, what am I supposed to do with my, with my life? What is there an afterlife? You know, how should I behave? You know, I, all of those sort of um, uh, uh, questions that, that keep us up at night, you know, we all want to do the right thing and believe in the right thing. So I studied it through every avenue I could, whether it's reading my Bible and going to Bible study at church or whether it's studying um, religion in university. And that just kept, just how way leads on to way, so to speak. And, and, you know, there is a Bible verse that always, that I, that was sort of the cornerstone uh, of me pursuing it like that. And that that's the, um, the passage in Matthew where, you know, seek and it should be answered, knock and the door will be opened, you know? And, uh, and I always, I always felt that, as long as I approach uh, my quest for doing the right thing or knowing God uh, with an earnest heart and a humble spirit, that I can't go wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, it, as long as I'm doing it 
with right intention, then I'm doing basically what the Bible told me to do, ask questions, seek, seek knowledge. And so that all, you know, led to where I am. Would you um, characterize yourself now as a Christian? I, uh, I, I, I know that's kind I of like reject, all topic, but not it's it's fine as a topic. I just don't want to uh, say anything to alienate anyone who might be listening, because I have no problems with anyone's faith or calling themselves a Christian. I, I for my for myself, reject labels <clears throat> only for this reason. That once we try to define God, um, you know, too much, I mean, we have to have some conversation. We have to have some way to talk about God. Yeah. But the moment that we start to define the infinite, the all-knowing, the omnipresent, well, as soon as we start slapping our words on there, well, we've already, we start to put God into a box. And so if I put that label Christian on myself and I wear it proudly, um, it distracts from the message and that message is to love one another to love god with all your heart soul mind strength and body to love your neighbor as you as much as you do yourself no greater is he than he would that would lay down his or her life for another that's the message so i, I sort of i don't i like your question i don't reject your question but i, no, I personally re I, re I reject the idea of me putting a label on because my message is love, period. You know, it doesn't, it can be, you know, you can say it's Christian love. That's fine. You can yeah, say it's, it's, it's funny. You, I don't know if much of this will be background or not, but you, you know, uh, reject or whatever the question, but then answer it by straight up quoting Jesus for every single <laughs> that sure. you need, which I mean, you know, like in, if you kind of put it into real historical time, like he wasn't actually a Christian. They didn't call anybody that right. until much later. And it was always outsiders that looked in on them and called other people Christians based on, I mean, his Christ, Christ like Christian just title. means Christ like, like it was, right? It, it meant anointed one. Like it was the, carried this supernatural power and they looked at those people and said man the way they love each other the way they walk in this healing they walk the way they walk in connection i mean you know rome even said they take up you know the homeless and the orphans and not only their own and care for them they take up buyers and care for them so like when they saw that like there was some mm -hmm. contagious thing where they just said like in the city of antioch in acts 11 oh my gosh like they are embodying everything that he embodied and outsiders labeled them not insiders um, so how does all that affect growing up in that way relationships now, because I mean, the two things we've talked about that you talk about, you, you know, people always say, avoid that at dinner conversations, but you know, politics, which you talk openly about, even with people that you disagree with and religion, and you have good friendships and relationships with people on both of those that would not line up and agree with you on i mean some of your friends wouldn't agree with you on any of the points right sure. and then others there'd be this overlap like you know rob and andy that there'd be some overlap and some not overlap but like it doesn't well let me address it this way i uh i was uh i was actually a guest on a another podcast once uh, called the confident marriage and uh they were you know asking me my thoughts on uh, my 
my relationship with my wife. Uh, I, I think they were interested because uh, my wife's Japanese and I'm American. How, do, how does that work? Anyway, um, one of the points I had brought up on that podcast, I had said that Haruka, that's my wife's name, Haruka and I have this sort of uh, understanding that if we ever don't see eye to eye on something and we have a conversation about it, we each come to the table to the metaphorical, you know, uh, debate table or whatever. Conversation, yeah. Uh, yeah, we both, we both come to the conversation with the notion in mind that we might be wrong. So even though I, I think, <clears throat> you know, I've got my opinion on this, I got my opinion on what curtains we should get or how many children we should have or whatever it is, you know, and she's got her opinion, I come to the table with a willingness to accept that I might be wrong you know, and she, she extends to me the same favor. And through that, even if we don't, uh, convince the other a hundred percent, you know, we have a dialogue that almost never ends in any, it, well, it is not almost, it never ends in a fight. We never argue. We discuss with that willingness to accept that we might, our opinion might be wrong and we might shift a little bit one direction or another. Um, but we don't fight. And um, so an I guess I, I give me an example of sure, like something y'all discussed either where that's that approach has happened with either your wife or, uh, you know, any other relationship where that, okay, I'm coming to the table. I have a definite opinion. I think hmm. I'm right, but I might not be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can't, there's not one that just pops in my head immediately. We, we recently bought a house. Like, I mean, this I'm in a, uh, we, I'm in the house now that we purchased a couple of months ago. And, you know, there were lots of conversations about that because we, while the house is bigger, um, we are now in a more rural part of uh, Japan. So, um, you know, we're out in the rice paddies. And uh, so there was a lot of uh, give and take or, you know, going back and forth about the pros and cons of that. And, I, you know, that can be, a, um, it, it had the potential to be a contentious discussion because you're talking about we're gonna this is a major life purchase right we're gonna buy a home and ideally live in it for the next 40 years maybe so it's a big deal but we never it never escalated even when somebody really wanted you know to go one way or the other um it never escalated to we never let our it, it never got personal <laughs> and yeah. we always try to understand where the other person's coming from gotcha all right Give me a real world scenario where that's helped, like just anywhere else. Like where's, give me an example. Like when you've had somebody on your podcast where there was just massive disagreement or somebody at work <laughs> or somebody, you know, a friend, like, because I think the whole well, thing. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and this will uh, give us just a, a small break from politics and religion, but I mean, you know, it could as easily be that uh, I had a guest on. He's still a friend of mine. Uh, his name is JT Tingley, and he he does a podcast called The Paranormal Son. And on his podcast, he explores, well, anything paranormal, whether that's UFOs or ghosts or anything um, that's uh, unexplained. And <clears throat> the truth is, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Zero. And um I had him as a guest on the podcast and, and I told him that I'm skeptical, um, you know, but I'm open-minded. Like, I don't want to shut anybody 
down. So um, I, I don't believe in that, but I could be wrong. But I could be wrong. I mean, it's you know, approach, but I mean, okay. yeah, I could be wrong. Um, it, you know, I'm open. I, well, I'll, I'll put, I'll put it to you an even bigger one, a bigger, a harder pill to swallow. Um, we have a mutual friend, you and I do, and I'm reluctant to mention his name uh, publicly here, just just in case. But um, but who is a genuine flat earther? Because we're gonna uh, we're gonna air this to a couple thousand people, you know, and so that's why I'm not gonna mention him unless he's. Which is fine if he, you know, if you want to. Does he do a podcast about flat Earth? No, he okay. doesn't mention it publicly. Then. He yeah, he does. If he did a podcast about it, then no. I mean, yeah, out, no, outing fact, somebody that's already out there outing themselves about something is fair game, in my opinion. But of course, it is. Yeah, outing it, if they put it in, right? If they've put it in the public domain, it's out there. Yeah, you it's know, out. But, there. No, this is what he's confided with me, and I mean, there are some religious views he has that he didn't even didn't want to tell his wife. Um, but and that those had to do with the rapture and. uh you know, um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's been tough to that. That's really challenged my, uh, you know, my whole philosophy here of coming to the table with, with the willingness to admit that I might be wrong. Um, but I do still try that approach when I listen to flat earth theories. Do I think the earth is flat? No, (laughs) but, uh, and it's going to take, a lot of convincing. A lot yeah. of convincing. I saw a documentary the other day, man. If I wouldn't have fallen asleep during the middle of it, which I fell asleep because it was late at night, I probably would have been convinced because, like, they they straight up know their stuff, like, right? But if you come, yeah, <laughs> right. that approach. I mean, like, I I'm convinced of my standpoint, but I might be wrong. Um, mm. I'm open to hearing fully what you have to say. That's just straight up Stephen Covey, man. Seek to understand, not be understood first. And if everybody did that. I, it means like you'd probably give, you know, uh, Trumpers a different point of view as well as never Trumpers, right? Mm-hmm. It means you'd probably listen to people who are coming this from a Christian Western centric worldview as well as people from the East. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I don't mean to jump in here, but I mean, to get to your point. Well, I mean, the, I think this is the crux of the point. That person that I'm referring to, uh, it has strengthened our friendship. Now, he knows that I don't believe the world is flat, and and I know that I'm not going to convince him that the world is round. I, he is of the mind. I, or I think that I think you could take him up into a spaceship and circumnavigate a globe, and he would still come up with a theory as to how that was an illusion. Maybe we should take up a GoFundMe and fly him with Elon Musk. Just go up or Jeff Bezos. Branson. Just, yeah, yeah, to do a GoFundMe and see the guy in outer space. Well, I think maybe this is the thing that you get at, you know, talking about friendships and connections and that sort of thing is um, there is this guardedness that everyone has, this nervousness, am I going to be accepted? And so people hide, man. We hide in relationships all the time. We hide our political views. We hide our religious views. We hide what color of carpet we want on the floor because we're afraid that we're going to be shunned and not accepted. We're afraid we'll be rejected. And again, to go back to what we said in the beginning, we're made for connection. That's part of, I believe, the image of God on all of us. And when you meet somebody 
who is flat earther, who is politically different, who is religiously different, who is grew up in a different neighborhood, other side of the planet, whatever, like they're initially thinking some of the same stuff that you're thinking is like, am I going to be accepted even though I'm different? And when you call out the most different thing about them, that could be the most insane, even mm-hmm. if it's flat earth. Okay. I'm not saying that's insane, but just saying the thing that is the thing that is like, and you're still like, Hey, I see you. I, I, I still love you. I accept you. Let's just meet in the middle. Like at some point the walls go down and then connection happens and yeah. you don't have to change each other, but in the process, you both become changed, if that makes sense. Absolutely. In fact, I think that's why that person is willing to confide in me, is he knows that I won't give up on the friendship because I don't agree with him, you know, because it would be a silly thing for me to give up the friendship. You know, he might hold the belief that I think is sort of out there, but that doesn't mean I can't still love him, you know, and that we can't be friends. So, and that, that actually opens the door for him to share those, those inner feelings right. and thoughts. Well, and, and I mean, and you know, like you got your own stuff that he's looking at it going, like, you know of what I'm course. saying? Like, it's like, we all have these idiosyncrasies or imperfections <laughs> or whatever. So like, so often it's easy to go, oh yeah, we're tolerating them. But mm. at the same time, they're also tolerating for lack of a better term, our imperfections i guess um all right dude this has been enlightening and helpful um i appreciate you jumping on anything else that you want to say like about all of this like i'll give you the last word uh no love each other man stay kind it's really that simple and in fact that's kind of the message in my podcast is like you know I, i will i will say it you know, I do podcasts like this where I interview someone or, or have a conversation with someone. And yeah. I have a few that I just I do solo where I'll just I've got some research together and I just, uh, you know, give my two yen, my two uh, my two cents on something. And I will in some of those I will say from time to time, I'll say it's really that simple. Like like I have one episode that's basically entitled you don't have to be good at life. You don't have to make a million bucks. You don't have to be good at math. You know, you don't have to be good at life. All you got to do is be kind and love each other. Enjoy the fact that you are alive. It's really that simple. So there it is. I'm going to leave it right there. Be sure to go to the show notes, follow Mark's podcast. Uh, If you want to support Mark's show, he actually does this with a Patreon account. And you can become a supporter of Mark and the Zen Sandwich podcast. While you're in the show notes, be sure to sign up for the 21-day email challenge. That is the challenge that is going to give you an email every day for 21 days to help you grow in one of the seven key areas of life to live with less stress, to walk in your purpose, or if you want to shortcut that thing and just go all the way in, go to the link down below where you can register for and sign up three and sign up for the Design My Life Blueprint. 30-day money-back guarantee, rest assured, real results that will help you define the life of your dreams and then begin taking steps to move into it. That's it for today. My prayer for you as I sign off every single week is that the Lord would bless you, that He would keep you, that He'd be gracious to you and shine His face of favor on you. 
that you just queuing off what Mark said would be able to push beyond the labels, to love your neighbor as yourself, to think on the things that you see in others that are lovely, that are good, that are pure, that are of excellent report, that you would, as Proverbs says, be the iron that sharpens iron, that you would, as Proverbs says, refresh others so that you also might be refreshed. Until next time, grace, peace. I'll see you again soon.